You're listening to Is This 40, the podcast all about turning 40. My name's Michael Absalom, and with the help of a few of my lifelong friends, I'm hoping to shine a light on how on earth we all got here. 40. What exactly does it mean? The year is 2020, and over the course of the next 12 months, me and the chaps want to explore every angle of turning 40. Therefore, no subject matter is off the table. In fact, every subject matter is very much on the table, in a hat, specifically. And we ourselves are responsible for putting those suggestions in the aforementioned hat. Each recording session lasts approximately one hour, and we'll all get the chance to talk about the things that we really want to talk about. But also, more importantly, we'll be forced to reflect on the things that we don't necessarily want to talk about. Real friendships, real conversations, real life. Is this 40? Do, no, 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 no. Who needs music? <laughs> uh, welcome along, chaps. Happy New Year. It's the start of not only a new decade, um, but what else? A new week. A new week. <laughs> and uh, an, A half-term week. Yeah. And a new venture, um, our podcast, which I think we've all signed up to. We did the pilot episodes before Christmas in 2019. And here we are sat around a round table um, in a new flat, which my girlfriend and I have just moved into. And um, this is it. Is this 40? Fantastic. I'm just wondering what happened with the podcast, the pilot podcast. Were they successful? In the They're still on the cutting room floor. Are they? Well, I'm not well, sure Chris, anyone's interested Chris is in that. still talking somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I think what people wanted to get into was, was a theme straight away. Um, so what I thought I'd do is set up a little agenda, and, and this is how the format will work each week. Um, I've got a hat which I'm going to put in the middle of the table, and um, we've all written something on a piece of paper that we want to talk about now that we've turned 40 or we're turning 40. A couple of us here around the table are already I, I think you've got that slightly wrong, actually. Go on. I think we've put things on a bit of paper that we don't want to talk about but are going to be slightly forced to talk about. And because the truth is, I think at the core of this podcast is all of us on the cusp of, uh, you know, some of us there already, some of Have us. Have you about told to him to say it. this? No. Is no, this re- is this like a rehearsal? No, uh, but it's but it's about it's about all of us as best friends for many many years having conversations with each other with things that we wouldn't necessarily normally discuss round usual pub banter chat so lads birds war football under the bus. Well, it's just let's let's get deep. Let's get real. So episode one of the podcast is called The Elephant in the Room. Oh, perfect title apps. Perfect. You got the text. You said it in the text. I didn't read that. Okay. So um, I'll, let's get all our suggestions into the hat. At the end of this episode, we're going to pull out um, what, what we've put in. I think we should read them and we'll go around in. As we're putting order, them in. As, as we're putting them in. <laughs> so we know they're in there and we know who's put them in. So we'll start with Corpse. Don't have a look at it just yet. <laughs> Pinocchio. Here you go, Jack. That's Whose was that? Uh, well, that was mine. Oh. Where no, that was it? mine. That was mine. Okay. Where's mine? I think this might be mine here. That's mine. Can I also say, in light of what you've just said, yeah, yeah mine's not all that relevant. <coughs> it's not, there's no elephant. Well, it no, doesn't. No, no, this doesn't have to no, be the I'm elephant in the room. These are, no. these are examples of what we could talk about in future podcasts. So, Corbs, uh, what did you want to put in? I know you've lost the piece of paper already somehow. My bit of paper is gone, but I wanted to put in um, what am I still, what can I still do? What am I still old to be? What? So what? what? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's why we wrote That's it down. Maybe, maybe an English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
elocution. You may have passed. Oh that. my god! So this is what happens when uh, I get here early and get given a glass of glass or two of wine. Okay, so my question is, um, what can we still be? I um, is it possible that I'm too old to be a Premiership footballer? Yeah, yes. at forty, yes. Uh, but could I still be a Hollywood movie star or no, a no. award-winning author? Yes. I think possibly yes. What are you going to put into well, that? What's I your question? I was going to discuss uh, a music uh, music of our generation. Dido, Urban Cookie Collective. That was yeah, but I bet that would spike a lot of conversation. Uncle Cracker, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dido. That was no. That album. Was yeah. Slightly overplayed and slightly depressing. Okay, so you want to focus on the music side of things. Fold it up, pop it in the hat. Uh, Jack, next. So what I wanted to discuss is, but only because we've just returned, is is what I've put on my bit of paper actually, is family holidays discuss. Mine's a little bit more lighthearted actually, and mine is just, and we need to keep it relatively um, correct, politically correct, and run through your perfect day from start to finish. What is your perfect day? Because you ah, it starts about <laughs> you one. You don't want to know. <laughs> Corbs, you might need to rewrite yours. Have you seriously lost it already? Yeah, he's lost it. <laughs> Just write down what you said earlier. Okay. And finally, uh, I've written hashtag sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> I thought 40 was a really Oh, that wasn't for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I just thought it's an interesting subject matter, isn't it? Sort of the sex we've had along the way. Not us. Not, us. <laughs> not all of us. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk, talk about that. that. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm not talking about I mean, it started off with a, a drink. <laughs> One thing led to another. <laughs> One thing led to another. Um, Corpse, Corpse is still writing. He it. slipped and fell in my mouth. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, sex, that's what's going in the hat for me. We're going to pull out um, one of those uh, at the end of this episode to find out what we're talking about in the next episode. So maybe a bit of history because not everyone will have listened to the pilot episodes. We all know each other because we all went to school together and we went to boarding school together. There are lots of lots of, I guess, stigmas and labels attached to to going to boarding school. So I wanted to call the first episode the elephant in the room. Um, Just by listening to this podcast already, people will have made assumptions. They would be um, listening to uh, I, I don't know. How would you describe us? Um, I've got some feedback on on what people thought when they heard to the, the pilot episodes. Does white male privilege come into it? White male and yeah, privilege. But I was about to say that, it. but they have no idea what we look like. True, we they can could be probably anyone. guess. What does Jack, that matter for a podcast? Jumping, jumping at stereotypes. <laughs> could they? Do you think they could probably guess? Yeah, they could. Well, but uh, who, and who, who do you think you look like well, through the radio? <laughs> Because you're talking about public school skiing holidays and yeah, you doing our own podcast. Yeah. That, so that's what I mean, so the feedback from listening to the I would say episodes. you could have a pretty good stab at... I mean, have we not got to tone that down a bit? I think you've got to be confident in your identity. I think, you know, we can't change our past. Um, we can't change the education that we got or the school that we went to or the, or the people that we are. I don't think you can change that. But what I think is really important is just being honest about it and, um, you know... I, did did they say it in in a bad way? I don't think they said it in a bad way, but I think it's really important to be aware of an audience and people listening, and that some people won't won't have have necessarily had um, the fortune of going to to a very very expensive public school, and that and therefore it's just being aware of that. But is then our target audience just people that went to public school, or is our audience 
people that didn't and want to listen to a bit more of that chat and just make fun of us. You'd hope our amazing personalities would mean that <laughs> it wasn't about that. Would just would cut through that yeah. a little bit. But I think your voice makes you sound smaller than you are in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Rijo's voice makes him sound <laughs> Barry White <laughs> bigger than he is in real life. So the feedback was we're all a bit posh. Well, that was some of the feedback. Was there any good stuff? Plenty of positive feedback. What I think our, our USP is, our unique selling point. Um, Thanks not, for not, that up. No, because I get it confused with USB because I'm dyslexic. So I sometimes say USB instead but of wouldn't USP. Wouldn't be PUS if it was dyslexic? Not Puss. <laughs> <laughs> what did we start with? USP. USP. So yeah. not if you're dyslexic, you might get the letters mixed up around the wrong way. So PUS, not okay. USB. No, but I, weirdly, I get Bs and Ds mixed up and... And peas. Great content. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, there was plenty. That is dyslexic. I uh, think. Yeah. <laughs> First sign. Thanks, Iron Man. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Good demo there, Chris. Thanks. That is dyslexic. Uh, but but I, th I think the feedback on the pilots was, was very positive. People wanted to hear more. I think there is a, a genuine interest to find out what five men um, aged 40 think about life what's happened what's transpired and what's still to come and everything in between so i think we've got the ingredients for a really spicy podcast i guess people know what the elephant in the room means as well it's just obviously that awkward moment what did you have to put it up on a why did you, why did you write that and put it up on the wall why are you shouting at me <laughs> <laughs> i can't get my distance right just remember where it is. <laughs> yeah, but I can't because just, <laughs> just stay close. Just stay, stay close. here and talk normally. Jack, Jack, and Chris are sharing a mic, which is why it might might be a bit. And awkward. you have to get quite close. An elephant in the room. Oh, you don't have to explain. I just, I just thought. But that you know was what it means. The yes, the there's an, <laughs> there's something that needs to be addressed. No, it doesn't need to be addressed. It's just there. Yep. So everyone knows it's there. No the one's addressing we're it. We're talking about it. <laughs> Is does it need to be addressed or not? Or just because that's why we're on a podcast. Well, no, the whole point is everyone's not talking about it, but it's obvious it's there. So what we skirt around is the, the elephant. elephant. Yeah. Okay. Without directly addressing it. All right, fine. This is our first ever podcast. It's about turning 40. And Chris and I actually met up quickly last night just to sort of do a bit of pre-production, which was very well, professional. Could, were you, were you I wasn't... No, I didn't get the invite. I didn't get it was spontaneous. spontaneous. It would have been very helpful for me, I think. Mm. Well, we said you, but you were actually trying to sell me um, gas and electricity yeah, that's discount right. on... Yeah. <laughs> that's how it started. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've got a couple of jobs on the go at the yeah. moment. I've got a bit of, bit of side, hustle, side hustle work going on. Is this 40? <laughs> I'll tell you all about it another <laughs> time. It, yeah. it needs a whole can we, episode. Can, what? can we not talk about that? Oh, is that the elephant in the room? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Finally, I think we the found si it. I think the side hustle is, uh, has come yeah, in as a front runner. Well, I've, <laughs> I've just not been able to manage to, to earn enough money as I normally would in the last couple of years. That's the sort of reality and the truth of it. So I've had to look for various other jobs over the last six months um, to just sort of pay for my rent and one of those um is is about sort of introducing people to a discount club where i can save you money on your energy bills and chris is my first ever customer yeah i signed up last night no said, you, you didn't how many people Did you? you got signed up for it, it well, you first, well, I'm first i've also got my mum she's number two <laughs> 
Oh, and then I signed myself up, number three. So I've just been promoted to um, a qualified distributor. <laughs> if you gave me 30 minutes of your time, Jonathan Corby, I'll it's come It's actually a lot longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. he, that's how he sold it to me. <laughs> three and a half hours later. Chris also gave me a fake address. <laughs> And a, and, a, and a fake bank card um, and a, a number of things that threw the system off. Let's get back to the elephant in the room. Chris and I also talked about um, turning 40 and there was obviously the very sad, tragic news of Caroline Flack, TV presenter, um, who passed away age 40. And and um, I guess that that for me was the elephant in the room is that here we are doing something that's I guess broadcast that is um, based around being forty, and and that's headline news this morning. But I, I don't know what you guys think, what papers you've read, and and just your take on that. Well, I mean, it's obviously very tragic news, but I suppose that what what I take from it is is I, I don't know the in depth of the story, just the fact that um, I know that possibly she had a lot of pressures on herself in terms of where she was in her life. You know, she wasn't married, she didn't have children. And these are all measures that society put against us. And this might be something that would be in her mind, as I know it is in my mind and all of us here. And, you know, these sort of pressures, society pressures that I don't think are necessarily rational, take a lot of uh, impact on our thoughts and well-being. I think throw that in with her being um, a celebrity and the, the privacy issues around you know our private lives and i think that's what caught her out in the end actually because there wasn't a private life there and we've all had ups and downs the thing that resonated with me actually because i i, I don't know the girl but <clears throat> and i don't know much about her presenting work and this that and the other but what i have seen in the flashes of stuff on tv she really reminded me of our group of female friends um they i, I you know the smiley you know fun there was a sort of ladette culture behind her um almost forgetting that she's uh uh, uh, uh turning 40 or, or had just turned 40 firstly i think i don't think we can't not talk about something like that particularly given every press article or news article everything that you read makes reference to her age i think it's more a reflection of the tragedy of the story and her being young as opposed to anything else in terms of I think Corbs is right, the, pr the pressure that society puts on you to achieve something by whatever it might be, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, I think is more a reflection of the tragedy of the whole story and how it's unfolded, given her age, given that is such a young time for that to happen for whatever reason. But I think there's so many layers to it. I think there's the layers of society culture, there's the layers of the media, there's the layers of social media and then you're into trolls and you're into the tabloid press and you're into the feelings of privacy or not having that privacy and there's so many aspects to it of then not having the support and then as Chris touched on the veneer of never knowing what is going on in someone's life and never knowing 
and uh, personally you know, the whole thing is bullshit you look at facebook maybe 10 or 15 10 or 12 years ago people would lump a load of pictures onto facebook they'd chuck 20 pictures of a weekend they wouldn't edit them they wouldn't do anything everyone's having a laugh and wouldn't really think about it now and this is one facet of the conversation you look as chris said everything looked perfect but now that's because instagram is almost used as an art gallery people we use that as one weekend and they'll put two pictures up the perfect three pictures life up, they'll edit it they'll crop it and they'll slim themselves down they'll do whatever they want to do and and that is one of the that is one of the aspects of the whole s- the mental health side of the story but i think the probably the bigger more pertinent question at the moment is the social media and press coverage and tabloid exploitation coverage whatever you want to call it aspect of it i think it's probably the for me the biggest yeah i think the intensity of trying to avoid on the daily not slipping up might be a good point to bring in jack as well because he works within pr and you must see this sort of thing all the time and um i guess maybe gauge a reaction from from a pr point of view of of how the whole thing has been handled and um get your take on it I mean, I think the, the the tendency is that, you know, people want to look and place blame on, on someone when you get a very kind of sudden, unexpected, you know, tragic uh, event, you know, as in, you know, and so, you know, people go, well, it's the media or it's trolling or it's ITV and there should have been a better kind of duty of care. And I think actually, you know, in, in her instance, what's and it kind of comes again I'll kind of link it back to kind of why we're here today and I think one of the most difficult things for me you know reading the articles and the press reports of of what happened was that Caroline was unable uh, from I think a legal perspective to talk about what had happened because it was going to court and therefore couldn't put across her view her thoughts her sequence of events and actually just kind of account for what had happened so there was an enormous amount of kind of media speculation as to what was actually kind of going on and someone being silenced uh, at the time and unable to to kind of put the record or at least kind of put their accounts of events across and that I mean from what I again from what I read is is immensely kind of challenging. You talk about the elephant in the room, but actually being the the opposite, actually being forced um, for something which you really would desperately for your own kind of reputation want to talk about. Yeah, get your side of the story. Get your side of the story. You're you're then suddenly not. Mm. And and then the idea of then having to kind of wait and do that through a public court system is is horrible. I mean, and, you know, I, I have no idea what was in addition kind of, you know, going on in her own life. That, that made that challenging but but the idea of not being you know not talking about things yeah. you know and having a sense of injustice probably as well and not being able to convey any any version of your aspect or point of view from the last six weeks or probably longer yeah but i, I think you know at, at the core of it is is this for me you know what really stands out is the idea of of not talking about things and and the horrible ramifications that that can that can have and that's you know it's why it's why i quite love why you know we're all kind of sitting here and having those kind of you know more meaningful discussions and and putting things across that that you know don't don't often 
that we don't get a chance to talk about in, in usual kind of lads banter and chat, you know, down down the boozer. But how can you get uh, to a situation where you've slid so far that you have no concept of the support network around you? I mean, that is that's an illness that manifests itself clearly in a short period, long period of time. But I don't know how you can, especially when someone is in the spotlight and everyone's looking at her. And the irony is you're looked upon and you are surrounded by all these people chipping in and saying, you know, are you okay, etc. How can you help? But it's very easy to deflect that, isn't it, maybe for them and put on a facade and say, I am okay. Okay. So it's you can do that. Well, I mean, you can, everyone can convince well, everyone else that you're okay. Well, but well, I would say from a from a completely from a, coming yeah. from a TV presenter background, that that sort of her job ninety percent of the time was to be Caroline Flack on on camera in front of the television. Uh, sorry, or in front of the camera, and so much of that is her, but a lot of it is just this this front as well, and you never really. Necessarily get so to did you slip into a, into a social media reality where, you know, she wasn't herself and everything online was, in her mind, was real life? And clearly that's not what it is. The other sad thing for me is the fact that um, I, d- I didn't really know her at CBBC, but that was my training ground as a, as a presenter was Children's BBC. I sort of remember doing interviews with her and Sam and Mark and, and just all those people that would have been so close to her from... Um, from sort of like the TV side of things. And then you just see them all posting photos with her. And it's just seem, it's just really sad that someone chooses to end their own life and that there's no exit strategy. And, and what I hope, and I'm so, and I'll, you know, rabbit on about it the whole of my life. I'm so lucky to have you guys. You are my support network. And ever, everyone has dark times, but I just, you know, I want us all to be able to, sit around and do this and, and no subject matter should be should be off topic and I, I love the shits and giggles that we have but I but I would sort of urge you if anything is going on in your life please let's just sit down and talk take an extra half an hour out of your day or an hour to, to do that because I, th- I think everyone needs that at some stage in their life and also it's important that everyone tries to be aware of the their friends mm. and always sort of you know be on the lookout a little bit you know because you can get everyone can get sort of self-involved and wrapped up in their own little bubbles but it's about looking looking out for your friends and just sort of seeing and trying to because you know you know your friends better and they know you better than anyone else and, and if you spot anything it's about being aware and not trying to be wrapped up in your own stuff and just sort of being sensitive to other things and then taking people aside and saying oh, hey how's it doing going having a coffee and just sort of talking things through and then you know this is this is what the whole idea of is and being friends and that's what's the benefit of everything really i think i think the other you know interesting takeaway for me in, in reading all the news reports is is that we've we i think from a um what we all are as friends and what you know friends are friends and and everyone's kind of family we we are immensely good at inherently offering support forgiving you know for all of our friends kind of shortcomings in whatever kind of guise they come and look you know as ab says there's tons of laughter there's tons of kind of banter and and great times there but should we ever kind of fuck up with anything you know we can kind of talk it through and forgive and you kind of move on and i think what's what 
you know, and this is the bit that I think the media have where they do kind of take a bit of responsibility for is that people's fuck ups and people are so afraid now to kind of put a foot wrong or do anything wrong or say the wrong thing. And you look at a news broadcaster making slightly the wrong thing or someone retrospectively looking through their Twitter account kind of when they were younger or saying something that might not be politically kind of correct. And the and the society that we live in now where, you know, it, we are, where we all kind of live in this kind of strange clickbait society where kind of headlines make, you know, and form a, a, a large amount of people's opinions because they don't read kind of full articles. And so you'll have a quick through through media will make a very kind of attention grabbing headline. You know, Caroline's was, you know, sacked crack and, you know, something mm. when she got kind of ditched from Love Island. And, and that, and that we that the media versus actually kind of what's going on in people's lives are totally disconnected and that people are very quick to fire sack remove and if they're not then people blame them for not acting kind of you know aggressively enough at the time or kind of not making decisive action and and that i think is you know is is really worrying where people are so afraid to kind of put a foot wrong they can't say or openly discuss you know i think it's slightly different for all of us because we can kind of sit there and we can kind of chat and say whatever is on our mind but i think when you have the fear of something being taken out of context and kind of running in print and it forming a kind of headline the next day then then you do i think just end up kind of having to kind of bottle you know a ton up and just kind of come up with kind of slightly vanilla you know, answers vanilla behavior for fear of putting a foot wrong. That's celebrity culture, isn't it? In, in a nutshell, they have to have eyes in the back of their head all the time. And how often do they get to be themselves? Probably in their own homes, in their own properties. But, you know, they're living a life in public, which, again, is that facade that I was talking about. I'm supposed to be like this or I'm supposed to be like that. Completely, I'm yeah. supposed to look like this or I'm supposed to... Or be to at this like stage, you'll be doing that or... yeah however I'm perceived to be looking or whatever I'm meant to be doing. But it's an odd thing, right, that with, with the, the podcast is about turning 40 and it's about what we're doing, what we've done, the point of it being that it's a bit of a watershed age, I guess. But in the back of our minds, we'll have a laugh about it and people sort of joke about the fact you turn 40 and your hair might not be what it used to be and <laughs> your your hair your <laughs> mine's still amazing <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've got a great set or or as fit as you used to be or whatever it might be and you're getting on a bit but actually when something like this happens it's the only time where that is flipped on its head and people talk about how young that person is mm. and how young 40 is and it's the only time that ever happens and it's a weird dynamic to then suddenly flip into that mindset of my god that is so young that is so soon that is um, that's what makes it so wrong but the layer on top of that is the fact that it's a huge amount for someone to take on their shoulders mm -hmm. to be on primetime tv to be on the front page of newspapers to be uh, presenting x factor or radio shows whatever it might be and it's the only time you look at it and go, God, that is really young. And that is really young to be dealing with all that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. be in that pressure cooker. And that's just in the media, right? And that's just in whoever it may be, if it's a a, a, a case like this or uh, tragically Amy Winehouse or whatever it might be. But you put on top of that other things 
like a court case, like Jack says, dealing with due process and all of those other things, mm. okay? And that's when you realise how young 40 actually is and how difficult that kind of stuff is to deal with. Mm. And, that, and, and we talk about ourselves quite easily and we talk about having good days, bad days, good months or years. But we have no idea what that's like to be played out in complete yeah, in public. public. And then I guess the effect and on that top has on your of family and uh, it is and and that's when yeah that's when you realise actually it's too young to be going through something like that or you have no idea of the tools to equip yourself to do that and but like Jack says that's when friends family talking about things whatever it might be becomes so important. It's about being objective as much as you can. So you know, a few years time when we're fifty and we're doing this again. Um, next round we'll think back at when we were 40 and think how how young and uh, slim we were a lot of the reports you know talked about caroline and that she never really she was someone that kind of was desperate to kind of be in love and wanted to be loved and she never kind of found that relationship or that place you know in her life and perhaps you say where society expects you to be either you know kind of with children do you think, I mean, I I was thinking about it kind of on the way over here th this evening and that actually there is, I mean, that, that you turn 40 and there's pressure and it comes at you from, to be honest, kind of from, from any direction. There, I don't think really think there is a place in life at 40 where people aren't feeling it, mm. right? And you could be settled down and be on paper and earning kind of decent money and have great family kids, but there is still a pressure in that case to survive and work and make for your family and kind of do everything else there and financially kind of, you know, support them or whether you're single and don't have that financial burden and you've, uh, you've got the kind of the mental health thing of going, well, am I kind of where I should be? And, you know, should I, my relationship kind of be this or that, or should I even be in a relationship or so forth? I don't, I don't think there's, you know, a, an easy kind of happy place and, and particularly when you turn that milestone of kind of 40 where you do suddenly kind of reflect on all of that and you start to go, well, kind of where am I and compare yourself to others and do I have this? Or if I only had this, then I would be I'd be much happier than what I currently do. Like there's no there's no easy answer to it. And there's no there's no kind of safe, happy place in there. It is it is a there's strange always something. But do you not think something. there's there's always something. Right. And that's also. I suppose to bring it back to the elephant in the room thing, no one ever really prepares you for that. And even, and I had this conversation with someone the other day, I remember saying, when you're at school and when you're a kid and you're told to talk about your family and talk about your home and draw a picture of your house and your family, no one turns around and goes, do you know what, it's okay for it to be a bit fucked up. No one ever says that when you're a kid. No one ever goes, do you know what, draw your mum dad brother sister in this house or this that and the other and if you don't people think that's fucking weird no one actually puts an arm on your shoulder and goes it's so it, everything's a bit fucked up is it because your and house didn't fit on the page <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, no one squeeze the annex on <laughs> but no no one prepares you for that when you hit 40 either or when you hit 30 no one goes and i and i've had this conversation with people previously and quite recently that Everyone likes to brush things under the carpet and no one will actually go, 
fucking strap yourself in when you hit 30 because life gets weird and things start happening from illness to death to problems with Were those things work. not happening all all around us before though and suddenly you just become a bit more um, aware of them well it's uh, 40 seems the age of self-doubt when you're 20 you know you're still trying to work out what you want to do 30 anything is possible still you're just getting into your prime 40 if you haven't done it already you think that maybe you've already lost out and the self-doubt creeps in that's age where you can't sit through a 20 minute conversation without going you have to, to the describe lake. what's happened it's gone to the loo. Who has? Rijo. That's in, age. That's, that depresses me. <laughs> How often do you have to go to the loo every well, night? Well, I, every day? I am. The most depressing thing about turning 40 for me is I am up in the night going to the loo quite often. I can't remember what it felt like to sleep all the way through these days. How, will you go a couple of times a night? Hopefully not, because then I, keep, I can't get to sleep because I think I'm a celiac. Their pain when you urinate, Mr. Lees. <laughs> um, I look for that as well. So, sorry, uh, hang on. You you think you're a celiac? I don't know. Celiacs go a lot. I did see a, a, a toilet sign, a transgender toilet sign this week. Because what? are you sending it each is other a weird pictures of a transgender toilet sign? You sort of come in halfway on a, an extended conversation. That was you, was it? How yeah. that that's taken a real. That segue, that conversation. We talked about the fact that you can't sit through a 50-minute podcast without needing to go for a wee, and then Chris said that, you know, he can't go the whole night without needing a wee. And And I think I'm a celiac. And then, yeah, I'm not quite sure how we got to trans toilet signs. I don't know what celiac (laughs) is either. Allergic to gluten. (laughs) Gluten. Gluten, Arben. Allergic to gluten. So, yeah, that's what celiac is. Going back to poor Caroline again, she was, I think, very transparent about suicide. She would use social media talking about suicide from the 12th December leading up to this thing. Why was it not spotted? Why was, or maybe it was spotted. I mean, we're only jumping to a conclusion. Did she do that? Yeah, she was posting a lot of Samaritan. uh, There was lots of things on social media that were suggesting. I think why it's very upsetting because I think... Because she wasn't, she wasn't polished, and um, you know she there was a few slip ups along route that I think, sadly, we all became aware of uh, through again the media, which made, in my opinion, made her very human mm. in that respect, and I think that's why some people are struggling with it because of the humanization of slipping up. Unfortunately, we all slip up, and. She was bullied for it. And I think the biggest problem is what the, also the people that are going online to bully others. I don't understand that. I d- I've never yeah. felt I've needed to go and rant and shout. Uh, you and go after a complete stranger I've never known. Yeah. I mean, that, I it's a, a complex thing, as Jack said. Behavior. You know, the, everyone's you know, reaction now is just to find a reason uh, to blame something. This is the reason why. I, I think su- suicides are um, obviously a a very interesting area to discuss because our lives are our own and could you argue that if I don't want to live in this world anymore, if I don't like the circumstances and life is too uncomfortable, that why can't I check out? Why can't I just end it? It's my life. I know it's going to have an effect 
and a devastating effect on my my family and friends but ultimately it's it's my life and if, if i don't want to that's, live it anymore that's an incredibly selfish in my opinion way of but, looking but what if it, but the if pain is fo- too much yeah if you're f- so far gone i think you don't but but the the thing is you the don't. stats are that between like 35 and 45 you know it, it's it's a very vulnerable age when when think that when the statistic this is the most common time for things like this to happen yeah. i think well, particularly I think, I think for men under 21 or something isn't it it's is it? yeah it's the highest mm. killer of men is is suicide They're under 40 or I can't quite remember the exact number. Mm. but I I think it's mid-30s to 40s Mm. for men, men in particular, because this is the age where you're supposed to have done something, you're supposed to have provided, you're supposed to have had a family, you're supposed to have all these sort of things. And and conversely, also from the female side, there's also these pressures that that I'm not fully aware Mm. of. But I think that's compounded in the time where we live in now and, t- and, that in, and it's back to social media, it's back to Instagram, Facebook and everything else. I think that's compounded. It goes back, I think Chris or Jack said about not being allowed to make a mistake. We live in a time and particularly if we're talking specifically about people in the media or the spotlight, that is only going to be magnified te- thousands and thousands of times over mm-hmm. given the, the culture we live in, whether it's personally for one of us around the table via social media or if it's in the scenario of tabloid press, paparazzi, whatever that might be, you know that that's not that's not necessarily anything new, but the fact is we live in an, an age of twenty-four hour news, of social media, and people with millions of followers can piggyback on that and stay relevant. And it's, I think there's we always also something that needs live to be in an age of awareness of that, and an age where help is available am i wrong uh, to us but more it's than getting it ever that, has yeah, been completely it's going to have to be brave enough to say i need help first of all but i think we are uh, i think that's improved allowed 100 percent, and yeah. more confident to do that more so than ever before and that's because of social media sharing of that information mm, yeah i wonder if the suicide rate i'd love to know the statistic of suicide before and after the mobile phone. Do you know, I saw a, p- a picture of a bunch of m- millennials all sat there together, a bunch of them, and all of them on their mobile telephones. There must have been about eight of them. Mm. Mix of boys and girls all sat there looking at their telephones. And the caption underneath was a picture that I saw on the internet. And the caption underneath said... While you were looking at your phone? Yeah. Said, <laughs> said mobile crossing phones. Crossing the road. Yeah. Said mobile phones <laughs> connecting you with people on the other side of the world and distancing you from the person right next to you. Amen, yeah. sister. Wow. On that's that note... <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad thing, though, sometimes. I'm going to summarise by saying, look up and be kind, people. Okay, that's look nice. Up. Look up well, and be kind. Everyone's looking down at their phones and don't look at anyone these days, do they? A full hour. Well done, everyone. Give yourself a round of applause. Well done. Well done. Um, there is one thing to resolve, and that is um, all those suggestions that we put into the hat at the beginning of the night. Uh, we are now going to pull one out, and that is what we're going to talk about in our next episode. Would you like to read it out? Family holidays discuss.
Oh, Jax. Oh, there we go. Well done, Jax. So that's what we're going to be talking about in our next episode of Is This 40? People literally just switched off. That's not quite the cliffhanger. No. That I think sex was no. the one that everyone really next wanted. Next episode. <laughs> yeah. I think it needs to be like family holidays and coronavirus. Okay, Chris, let's not get too carried away. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Is This 40? with Jonathan Corby, Jack Freud, Chris Lees, Dan Ridges and Michael Absalom. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, then please like, share and subscribe to the rest of the series. You can also follow us too on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Is This 40 and look out for the boys in pink. Bye for now.